up, everybody? Welcome to the eighth episode of the Panthers Nation Network. And we are all sorts of dressed up this week. We got some beautiful <laughs> merch, some amazing merch from our head, from the Panthers Nation Instagram account. So thank you, Ian, for that. And Shanti, show what we got on the back of the shirt if you can. Yeah, if you, get, you, know, you know what, man? Hold on. Tyler might need to if you need to do it. Uh, uh, <laughs> so you're showing us much more. Yeah, there we go. See? And now the newest member of the 1,000-yard receiving season club, Robbie Anderson, is the Pink Panther. Yes, you know, sir. What's that bear doing? What's that bear out there doing? Well, that bear is helping you get 1,000 yards in a season. Loved seeing that yesterday for him and DJ Moore. Talk a little bit about, you know, how good this duo has become. Fam, I mean, you think about it, this is the first time we've had a thousand yard, two thousand yard receiver since 1999, Patrick Jeffers and Michelle Muhammad. So it's been a, a long time coming. Think about the great, some of the best receivers we've had and still not even have, able to have that can sit, like, happen more than once. Uh, look, Robbie Anderson has been a great pickup and one of the guys that I wanted, wanted us to sign during the offseason. And we, we so happened to do it. And he's turned into a great pick. I mean, a $20 million deal. He's been worth every single penny. DJ Moore has seemed to take that next step and trying to become a superstar at the position. And I just think that that group is moving in the right direction as far as being one of the best in the league for years to come. Now, Tyler, talk a little bit about it because I think, I mean, I don't think it's an issue this year because of the way we have the contract, but I feel like Robbie's one of those guys where, I mean, it's what he, why he wanted to leave the Jets. He's not complacent with just getting by. He wants to win and wants to ball out. You think these games are starting to take these these you know the way these games are ending? You think it's taking a toll on him a little bit? Yeah, you know it was huge uh, for Robbie to get him into a fast start early on in the season. He was we got him going quick, so uh, you know it started to seem like he was really loving Carolina, loving the team, loving everything they had going. But yeah, like as you said, it's been slowing down recently. Um, so yeah, you need to get him the ball. We know how receivers are, and uh, Robbie's no different. You got to get him the ball, and or else you know it's going to go south. So, um, you know, I think he'll be fine for now. You just next two games, make sure we get him the ball and then going into the next year. Uh, we know what he can do now. So now he needs to be a focal point even more so of our offense. And the fact that, I mean, just to have a receiver do it like this is so amazing. I mean, it reminds me of, you know, some of the things we used to have. And I mean, I don't want to put like, obviously you had your Steve Smith, Mushroom Muhammad, but even like the, the more one of the more underrated duos, like when in 2015, when even he, he had nothing to work with, he was still making Philly Brown and Ted Kidd Jr. work for there a little while. He was even making that duo work. But it's just nice to see. I mean, when you have such a pass-heavy league and, you know, the Panthers have always kind of put an emphasis on the running game. And so it was nice to see this year they kind of take that turnaround. I mean, DJ having back-to-back 1,000-yard years. We've been talking about him needing to take that second step. You know, receivers are normally – it's generally uh, assumed and generally known that after their third season is when they start to hit – you know, that, that's when they get their stride. And so DJ Moore, you know, we were looking for it. And we've been talking about it for a while. I think TJ still needs to get that, you know, that killer instinct in him. I think he's got, I mean, there's certain plays like that one, it was later in the game and it was just like a out, it was like a corners route for DJ. And he took it and went like 20 extra yards to break through. I mean, the yards after receiving for the Panthers, that's been amazing for us this year. Yes, yeah, it's been the, that's been our biggest asset, man. We we got a lot of guys that were that are dynamic after the catch. Helps out helps out a quarterback a lot that doesn't like to push the ball down the field. Allows him to still you know pretty much just do very little and still get a lot more out of what is being out of what the receivers are doing. So I mean, those guys are I mean credit to them. I mean we have look DJ Moore. I, I know we talk about his mentality, but he's come a long way. I think he'll never be that that guy that just has a like. He won't. He won't speak his presence out loud. He won't really say too much. But again, when you watch him play, he has he has that dog in him, and it's still just it's still he's only he's only scratching the surface. He's still got another level he can get to. Oh, definitely. I think the one thing people aren't talking about enough with DJ Moore, especially. I mean, if you remember his rookie season after the Redskins game and those two back to back games, people were literally ready to ship him off to another team. They did not want him on the team anymore. And he because we knew he had that Steve Smith like quality, that kick returner quality, where he was going to run until someone brought him down. He was not going to run for the sideline or fall down easily. He, had, he ran his reds like, legs like a running back. He literally would just never stop moving. That would then cause problems in the open field. He's looking forward, not paying attention to the ball. But this year, we've seen nothing from him in terms of turnovers. So, I mean, that's a, that's, a huge, that's a huge thing for him in, in terms of his development. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, like Chantice was saying, after the catch, and we're in a league where the talent's so close, to find ways to win elsewhere. And when you can win after the catch like that, that's huge. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter when you cough up the ball, right? You can make as many guys miss as you want, but if you fumble it, you know, it's just not worth it. doesn't make a difference. So, you know, ball security is the number one thing. And I'm glad to see DJ year in and year out. We see him developing and getting better in different areas. So uh, you love to see that from the former first round pick. 
And that's, that's as you talk about ball security, just as a team in general, when we were losing these close games, it was easy to put it on, you know, the, the forced turnovers or the missed opportunities. And other than, I mean, and in the weeks that passed up until, you know, the, the horrible play that we'll talk about here in a little bit, the turnovers were decreasing a little bit, but we were still losing these games. How upsetting is that to where, you know, you just, you're not, it's not like you're turning the ball over, you're just not getting it in the end zone, you know? <sighs> that one's, it all falls on execution at the end of the day. You know, we talk about, you know, taking care of the ball is one thing, but then again, when you get into these spots, can you execute? And one thing we saw a lack of is execution, especially in the red zone. I mean, I can think of one play in particular last night, Robbie Anderson on the out route in front of, in, the, in the front in, uh, on the on the front left pylon. Teddy was late on the throw. The, the throw is there if you if you get him as soon as he gets out, gets out of his break. The throw is there. You you got a touchdown, but you can't be lackadaisical or tentative when you're in the red zone trying to throw the football. You have to be forceful. You have to be decisive. And that's the one thing we've, we've lacked. I mean, even if we don't turn the ball over, it seems as if our quarterback is playing a little bit nervous and scared to make a mistake instead of just playing just to play. And I was going to say, even Todd, do you think we overestimated a little bit when we first got Teddy about his ability as, you know, a uh, kind of pocket passer and see, and, you know, his kind of football mindset to see what's developing. Do you think we overestimate that a little bit? Cause there's been some, I mean, the sacks he's taken, some of the throws that he's either late on or early on. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. You know, Teddy's a careful player. He still is. That's what, that's his game. He's been like that since, you know, since from out of college, that's how the saints used him uh, last year. You know, they were on a roll with on that win streak, but you know, Teddy's not a guy that's going to create on his own, push the ball down the field, um, and do much more out of structure, really. Um, that's just not his game, which is fine, but uh, you just have to know how to win with that, and you have to keep the offense on schedule and on time because he's not going to get you out of any, you know, any real tough situations. And, you know, it's kind of gone south for Teddy. I think he's kind of, you know, early in the year he was on a roll, but it's we've had some – tough weeks lately so you know i think he's straining too much trying to do too much um, at times because you know how our season's going so i think he needs to go back to his roots and we need to get back to teddy's roots and just to get the most out of him no definitely i i think i agree with that as well i mean he was and like we said before and i'm gonna say it again the line is not helping him in any, any point because we're seeing these plays especially last night he was having i mean he has the same thing he's got three four seconds to get the ball off so i understand that definitely does not help him in terms of either being late to some of these throws well, actually, it doesn't help. I mean, he shouldn't be late to some of these throws. He's only having three seconds to throw the ball. He should be on time for these throws. But he, I mean, and he's trying to learn not to eat the sack as much, but then he did it to where it hurt us last night. I mean, it wasn't really a huge thing anyway, but where he, you know, that intentional grounding penalty, because he was trying not to eat the sack, and then he just didn't even make the right decision anyway. So I'm just hoping people are a little bit off the Teddy train as these weeks go off, because I know it's tough to root against him, but they're, they're, he's showing us week in and week out that this isn't the future for us. Yeah, I'm just ready to see. I want to see PJ Walker for the next two games because I mean, because there's literally nothing to play for. There's nothing to gain from Teddy playing these next couple of games. I'm telling you right now, if you win these next couple of games, I will be highly upset. At this point, go follow him on the tank. I mean, look, if we're four and ten. There's no point of look. I don't see any point of winning one one of these last two games or both of them if it's only going to ruin our draft position. And we. And again, we still don't believe in the guy that's at, that's, that's at the helm right now. And look, Teddy's got, like I said, you know, the offensive line is not okay. I, I put this: that offensive line isn't as bad as, let's say, Houston's offensive line or Cincinnati's offensive line. Not great, and they're be- and they're horrible in situational football because on that final drive, it seems like every time you can always you can always guarantee a holding call or a misassignment, and we and we, we end up losing ten yards. But, oh. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just okay. I'm just cool off of Teddy. There's nothing else I need to see. I don't think, I don't think things will change next year. I mean, I mean, could it, could they get, could they build a better rapport? Yes, but I just don't think it'll help. I think you're, you're talking about a guy that I'm talking about a marginal quarterback that, like, like Tyler said, can't make, can't make up the difference of, of, of things that you lack. He's only, he only can do what he can, what he can do, and, he, and there's nothing more. I mean, when you have a guy that's, that gets on third and sixteen and refuses to throw the ball down the field. I can't. What I there's nothing I can do with this. I mean, I mean, if 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 he's tradition like if he's gonna habitually always go short and never try to make a play when when it's called for, then I can't win with that. I can't win with a guy that just seems too scared to want to play. Now I will say there were some instances. He still obviously his check. He still was Teddy check down for the majority of the game. But at least there were instances where it was third and ten, third and fourteen, and he was actually throwing the ball 
down past the marker. And he, more often than not, was completing those passes. If I was a bit more, I was, I was satisfied with that. I liked at least seeing that he's, he's learning. But so here's what I, we, we talked about how for this defense, you know, especially as the, year, the year was going on, we talked about how there was a lot of guys in this defense that had never played a full season of NFL football before. And that's going to take its toll. We forget about Teddy. He hasn't played a full season of NFL football as a starting quarterback in years. Is that something that we need to add in as a factor for him? Or should he know what he's getting himself into by now? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, it's the first year here, first of all. And then Joe Brady, I mean, we've talked about him a lot <laughs> uh, on this podcast. So, you know, things are just different this year. Also with the COVID, as we know, it's just a little different. So it's not a, you know, it's a new team. Teddy's you know, bounced around. So he's been in plenty of systems, plenty of different systems. And all these, you know, coaches that have, um, you know, had him have, for the most part have uh, played to his strengths, right? Since and I think we are too, for the most part. Um, so you know, like I said earlier, if he just needs to get into his own and play play his game and just, you know, not force it too much, you know, next year we can, we should expect more and we better because uh, this, he didn't play good enough this year, um, you know, especially if we get more help in the off season. But, you know, the second year coming around will be better for him. But, um, you know, what Sean Tease was saying, I think, I think is right. I think these next two games, we got to roll with PJ Walker um, because, you know, one draft position and two, hey, maybe PJ looks good and we can get an asset for him, right? Maybe we can get an asset that makes up for that third round pick we spent on Will Greer. So, I mean, anything we can, you know, compensate uh, for PJ, but, you know, why, why not? Why not? And just tell Teddy, Teddy, we still got Teddy for next year, but uh, roll, P, roll PJ out for the last two games. I was, a lot of fans are clamoring for that. I've seen it a lot over Twitter and a lot over, you know, different Panthers uh, websites where they're, they're clamoring for PJ. And I'm okay, I mean, I'm okay with that. I hate that it's the second year in a row that we're just okay with, you know, chitting away these last two games. I, I hate that so much. I hate that I want it to happen, and I hate that I'm okay with it happening. But that's what really needs to happen. And so I will say for Teddy, too, I'm not that I'm trying to defend him because I – I, for the longest time, was on his good, like, you know, trying to defend it, but after I can't anymore, it's, I can't do it. So what I will say, and Jeff would say it if he were here, so I'm speaking as Jeff, basically. He will tell you right away how hard it is for a team to be successful when you keep changing the consistency of the coaching staff, of who you have at the helm, of who you have in on the front office, and who you have starting at quarterback. He'll tell you that's, that was the Titans' problem for the last four years, and he also is a huge Mariota defender. I won't put it, but he, that's why he that was his defense for Mariota. Mariota's had four different offensive coordinators and three different head coaches in that many years. And that's and that is tough to, to do. I remember back when I, I mean it wasn't like I was getting any playing time, but I remember back in high school, we had three different starting coaches, we had three different head coaches in four years. And it's tough to be successful when you have that, you know, because you're switching the systems year in and year out. It's tough to get that consistency. So I will say that. Now, when it comes to the line, I want to talk to y'all about this because I'm interested. Obviously, this week, Greg Little, he went on IR. But I want to know how much, because you talked about it, Shanti. It's not the worst O-line we've had in a while. The thing is, it's the most consistent line we've had for the most part, other than injuries. Like, we haven't been switching, you know, rotating positions, switching people in and out. It's been, for the most part, the same five guys throughout the year. And that was something Cam ever had. You know, we had, uh, there was one year we had, I think, 20 different offensive lineups throughout the season or something like that. What? Does Greg Little's absence this week does that did that have uh, an impact? Do we think that's you know a reason? Because I mean, it looked a little bit worse for wear this year this week. I'm not gonna lie, I can't. I'm at, I, I it's hard for me to sit there and say Greg Little has little to any impact on this team. Like, I mean, last year he looked promising. You know, we I had hope for him last year because you know, I you know, young young guy, second round pick. We knew he was a, a developmental guy, and you know, he had his moments last year where he shined. This year, I between him and Dylan's daily, I haven't seen much growth. Like neither one has really shown much, of, more, much of any growth. And now we could probably blame that on the pandemic and guys not having that practice time, that one-on-one time with the coaching staffs. But I, you know, I don't. I mean, Teddy was sacked three times. Three, three times. I mean, I, I that's not horrible. You know, I, I, I can't. I'm not. I'm not gonna say that was. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it was horrible. It, it's just. It's just not great. I just. You know, I, I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to say Great Little has an impact on the game because I haven't had, I haven't seen it have much of a positive impact since it started in this league. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it helps, especially like you were saying, and how we we're talking about with Teddy that continuity on the offense line. Um, you know, no matter how bad or how good your offense line is. The more time they play together, the better they're going to be just, you know, figuring things out on their own, adjusting problems and stuff. So, you know, we don't have a lot of talent on the offensive line. But, yeah, one thing we have is we don't have a bunch of different lineups this whole year. We've we've pretty much kept it consistent. So that's helped for sure, Um, you know. But the impact of Greg Little, you know, of course he's a starter and stuff, so it hurts. 
but you know, I think we, we dealt with it fine. And it was, we, you know, we managed it in a, a you know, a way that didn't kill us. Because obviously the sacks were down, but I mean, that's why I'm so glad as a statistics person, you know, that they ended up putting, you know, pressures and dropbacks on the stat sheet as well, because there were a lot more pressures and dropbacks for Teddy than he's had to have than we, especially than we expected really. Cause you know, the green Bay front seven is kind of this, the whole green Bay defense as a whole is kind of deceptive. You know, they don't have the names and the guys that you would think that were going to, you know, light you up, but then they play different. I mean, they can, and they can play different week in a week out. We saw, you know, how they played against, you know, the Bucks one week or against, you know, another team that the week in the next week, you there, they can be a wishy-washy team. Um, I, well, what I got to say, I mean, Either Phil Snow is listening to us or he's just trying. I mean, he's been playing. He's been doing a fantastic job. The rush defense we knew was going to be bad. That was going to be – we knew that was going to happen. And, but in terms of – because remember, what was the one thing we said he wasn't doing? He wasn't making adjustments. He wasn't making adjustments. Yep. And, and and look at the difference between the first and second half. I mean, they let up, what, 13 yards in the third quarter and then I think at least less than 100 in the fourth mm-hmm. as opposed to what we let up in the first half. I mean, that was that was amazing. Yeah. You know, when I said a few weeks ago against the Lions that this defense was kind of was starting to come of age and they were starting to look look better as a unit, they followed it up by good performances, even if they didn't finish them off. Like, look, the Vikings performance, for, for example, they started that game out great. Didn't finish it off well, but you had your flashes. And, I mean, now, now against Denver, eh, that one looked that one looked shaky. But they've proven time and time again they, they, will get, they will put you in position to have a chance. And that's all you really can ask for, man. I keep I keep saying that this defense is a is a side is a side of ball I'm patient with because there was actually a reason for me to be patient. There was a lot there was seven rookies drafted out for our defense. We knew this defense was a developmental project and they've been they've had their highs and their lows. They've had their, they've had their mishaps, but ultimately they've shown growth. Jeremy Chan is really hitting it. He's playing his best football right now. Derrick Brown looked like the guy that we drafted out of Auburn, he he started looking like the guy that I was like, okay, he, that, that's the guy I see on film just throwing, throwing around off of the linemen, running down quarterbacks and running backs. That that was the type of guy I saw last night. And, you know, our secondary, again, I keep saying it, our secondary, while while not the most talented group, you we can hide them depending on, the, depending on some of the things we do. And they did a good job last night keeping Devontae Adams in check, which I was which was to my surprise. So I was, that was a pleasant surprise in the game. Putting the pressure on Aaron Rodgers, that's the only way you can beat quarterbacks like that. And we talked about it every every week when we play veteran quarterbacks. At least I've said it. You have to get you have to be in those guys' faces because that's the only way you're going to disrupt their timing. You, the Aaron Rodgers is too good to allow him to get three or four seconds in the pocket and just sling it around the field. You know they did what they had to do, perform well, get yourself a chance. Only gave up three points in that second half, man. I got kudos to that defense. I'll say Tyler talking about you know you were talking about with yeah, about Devontae Adams and. The, the fact that we were able to contain it to what we were, I mean, that's a, that's a feat in itself. That's almost a win in itself for this for this defense. Yeah, as a defense, it was great. It's been great to see them progress week by week and get better. Um, you know, it was at this point in the season where we really shut down their passing game and well, a top three receiver in the league, we really shut them down. Um, the, the con to that is we got ran all over. You know, we had you know, didn't have numbers in the box. We weren't playing tough. We're worried about the pass, which is good. We took away the pass, but then, you know, Aaron Jones with slasher running back on, on the zone runs and he's going to just, you know, gash us. Um, so, you know, that's something we got to work on. But uh, like Chantice was saying, Derek Brown, he's been, you know, just how we thought, you know, rookie. Yeah, there's, there's no need to freak out right away. You know, he was having a slow start, wasn't getting, you know, a crazy amount of the snap counts, but, you know, he's really coming to his own uh, every week. You know, I see, I, Derek Brown gets better. He gets better every week. And that's what you want from your first round pick. And the future's promising there. You know, I think he's going to be a guy that we talk about for uh, 10, 15 more years as a Panther. So, you know, you'll love to see that. Obviously, Jeremy Chin um, having a great game again. But, you know, defensively, you, you just you look at the stat sheet and you know, if Rasul Douglas is leading the team in tackles, it probably wasn't a great day. And we probably got ran all over. Yeah. Which I was confused about because I would have thought about Jeremy Chin. I mean, there were he was making tackles at the first level, the second level, the third level. He was flying around. Now I want to ask. I mean, Dante. He played the whole game. He seemed. What, what do we think? I think he was a big. I don't think he was the main reason why Devonte had limited production, but I think he was definitely a factor because I think he was finally playing for one of the first. You know, one of the few times the season at full force. So I want to know what you know. Shanti's one of our is our you know resident. He's our DB kind of critiquer, <laughs> both him and Tyler. But I know. Conti's has a special connection yeah. to some of these DBs. Well, look, I'm, Tyler probably know more about this one than me, just because of you know, I, you know, people, you know, we, you know, people still have to work, and you know, I'm trying to kind of get these games in on the, on the clock. <laughs> but, but from what I, but, but from what, but from what I saw, they just 
same thing that happened with DeAndre Hopkins, and I was surprised that they've done they played this well against DeAndre Hopkins the last few times. They seem to be able to know how to keep these guys contained, stay in front of. Them. Look, you don't you don't you don't allow anything over the top. And 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 again, I give credit to the pressure is what helps you keep those guys keep those guys I, 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 out of out of the way. Because you know one thing about receivers, they that's a reliant position. No matter how good they are, they are reliant upon the offensive line doing their job and the quarterback making the correct read to get them open. It doesn't matter what it, 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 last night. It didn't matter what Devontae Adams did because the one thing that we did, we did well was our front four. I mean, even without blitzing, we our front four did their job. And you know, you know what? F.A. Obata had a great night in the interior. F.A. Obata surprised has surprised me honestly because I didn't know because up until this point, you know, he great story, great guy. I just didn't see the production this year. He started match the production with the story, and now he's turned he's turned into a force on the inside. He's a great. He, he's he's showing he's got great interior pass rushing skills. Help this out immensely, and again, it's help helping take this defense to a ne- to another level. And it's, that's and that I don't know if it's an issue or if it's a good thing because when you have guys like FA Ball on out and you've seen you know the limited production from Yatera when he's healthy, it makes me wonder. Okay, why did we draft Yatera and why did we sign Stephen Weatherly? You know, unless you know competition begets you know production, and FA knew that his spot was on the line, so now he knows he's got to play out more. But now you've seen that kind of wasted money. The little I mean, not wasted money, but you know what I'm talking about. I mean, because now. Yeah. I mean, when was the last time we said Stephen Weatherly's name? And, Deter- and I'm not going to put on Deter because he was injured most of the year, on and off the reserve list. So I'm not going to put that on him. He had good production out the gate, and I think he's got room to grow. But, I mean, like, some of these def- – it was funny. The draft picks that we're making are doing better than any of our free agency signings on the defense have done yeah. at all season. Yeah, our free agent signings have been awful. Aside from Robbie Anderson, that's the only free agent signing that was worth, that was worth the money. And my, I guess my Davis technically wasn't this year. It was last year, but he didn't. It was like it was weird. We had him and never used him, and I forgot we even had him on the team before the season started. I thought we'd cut him. Um, but no, I mean you talk about like I think you're going to start to see. I think the Derek Brown Brian Burns combo is. I mean last night there was the one play and it, it spoke to the whole relationship. I think it's going to be the tipping point of that relationship, and now it's going to be a great to a duo was the sack on Aaron Rodgers getting Derek Brown was creating pressure and chaos up the chaos up the middle. And Aaron Rodgers is not an immobile quarterback. He's not an immobile quarterback by any means. He's he, a lot he, can, he can move. He can move. He's a lot. He, it's very underrated, but so Burns was able to get out there, catch him and, you know, shoot his webs to make sure he would get, he would get Aaron Rodgers down. So I, I'm loving that duo and I'm loving the two of them together. It makes me like, I was watching last night and I was confident. Not that I don't want KK back, but I was like, okay, we could be fine with, if we don't have KK. It'd be a much better if we do. You know what? Speaking of KK, bro, I it, I think the clock is up on KK. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the franchise is gonna want to bring him back. I love KK personally, mm-hmm. but it's it's gonna it's gonna start costing too much money. And if they and if they let go of Cam, if after he was banged up, they're definitely gonna let you go, Kawan Short. Yeah, that's and it sucks because I mean it was kind of like I mean he just hadn't had any real production since about 2016. He had a bit of an upswing 2017, and then last yeah. year happened, and then so in, in, injuries are always horrible because the worst part of injuries you, you never know. You never know how good they could have been. You never know how how much they could have progressed because they're sidelined with injuries, and it's so annoying. Um, but I will say, like I said, this the Derek Brown, Brian Burns. I, I it was just I love seeing it, and so I'm it's it's funny now, and I know because Sean Teams was one of the most ang- was one of the angriest about it. What the fans are thinking of that we took Derek Brown instead of taking Isaiah Simmons because we're seeing how that's paid off in the NFL right now. We seem to get our own, and so we 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 crap on Herney a lot, but I mean Herney made a great decision there in getting Chin later in the draft and picking up Brown where we needed it. The one thing I can always say about Marty Herney. Hate him rounds two through seven, awful. But first round usually doesn't miss. He hasn't. He has not missed on a first rounder from what I can remember. The only time he ever missed on a pick that was our that was technically our first pick was Jimmy Claus. He missed on Jimmy Claus, but we didn't have a first round pick that year. So yeah. Tyler, Tyler's holding back everything in his body right now. There's <laughs> a hit. Okay, we've, we've never we've never even told that story. I want to take a sidebar real quick. When we first started this podcast, we asked everyone why they were Panthers fans. And Tyler goes, oh, I was because of Jimmy Clausen. And we all just sat there, and we were like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> I, I, I don't think we've ever told that story before. I mean, yeah. hey, like we, and we, said, we, we responded with, you know, Jimmy Clausen basically got us Cam. So you know what? We love Jimmy for it. Shout out, Jimmy. Yeah, that's why I liked him. We knew him all We knew it all along. <laughs> we knew it all along. Um, so then just looking more into this game, and we have to, we can't not talk about the goal line play with Teddy. 
And the yeah. I'm gonna go with this again. We said it last week with the fourth down play. That play should have, in my mind, should have never been called. You have Mike Davis. You've got these guys that can make things work in the slot. The defense, the, D, the DBs are backed up into a corner. They don't have a lot of room to work with. You run a trip, you know, you run a double slam on the left and one on the right. You cross them up. Someone's going to get open. Someone has to, or you run a little, you know, like we had. I mean, if we had McCaffrey, we know what that call is going to be. It's either going to be a pitch out to him or a little wheel route from the shotgun. That's what it, it should have been. That's what it could have been. So I know for me, I didn't like it. I don't know about y'all. I don't know what y'all's thoughts on the play call itself was. You know what, Tyler? I'm going to let you go first on this one. Yeah, I like the play call. I, I, I'm i all for it. QB sneaking is a highly successful play. You know, it works out as a high percentage play. Um, so, I, so the call in to the huddle, that was fine. That part was fine. I don't think we should have uh, executed it as we did, obviously. Um, you know, you need some better. Like we talked about ball security um, in the open field with DJ Moore and stuff like that. Also need it in the red zone. Also need it on plays like QB sneaks. You got to take care of it. Teddy reached out a little bit too early. Uh, we didn't get the push that we needed. Um, so it failed uh, horrifically. Um, but I think the play call is fine, and I'm not going to be upset about it. Okay. 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 Now, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm going to take a little bit different approach. Uh, I, but they do understand the quarterback we have, right? They do understand. They do understand the type of quarterback this is. You know, you know, you know. There's one guy that probably was really great at, you know, at, at doing this in particular. Right? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think there's one guy that's probably like automatic from this point on the field. I mean, look, who in the hell double clutches a a dive over the end zone? Fam, this he, is, what? He wasn't. It wasn't even close. Like I don't even. Look, I'm not. I'm not gonna not. Look, I, I want to knock the play call, but then again, like I said, it is a high percentage play. But you do understand who you have at quarterback, and this ain't really the guy. I look. This ain't the most athletically gifted guy I've ever seen grace the football field, and it looks awkward anytime he runs. I get scared for Teddy anytime he takes off running. I would not lie. It it it, it, it really does scare me. I really rather him just just honestly take the set sometimes because I it just it looks painful watching him run. But uh, yeah, that was pretty bad. So I'll say so. I'll be I'm gonna be more neutral with that. First, I'm gonna cover the one point you said. Teddy's run more this year than he ever has in his career. I don't know. Are the receivers just not getting open, or is he? Is it Teddy going in his mind? You know, he's made some issues. There's some plays that have not been what the coaches have wanted, not been what the team has wanted that he's done by himself. So I don't. Is that? It's, I mean, it's we talked. It's gonna be both. I think. I think. I think we they, talked they, about it with the Vikings, where you know, remember we were talking about that they were locking down our receivers. We were talking about this. So I just don't know what it is. You know. Yeah, I, I think it's it. Our receivers don't seem to respond well. I'm just not, I'm not gonna lie. They don't seem to respond well to take. Like they, I, I just haven't seen the when, sca- when scramble drill happens. We've been some of the we. Well, I've seen some of the worst receiver play in the league. And when 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 the scramble drill scramble uh, scramble drill happens with in Carolina, I mean no, nobody seems to work themselves back. Nobody seems to be working themselves open. It just seems like oh god. Here other than goes. other than Rodney Smith on this last week, he had a great block to get Teddy that touchdown. But yeah. I know there was one play where. Where Robbie was literally just, I mean, standing there. Like, I don't know what he would, I mean, I don't know the against Robbie. He's a bit of a tiny guy. I don't know how good his receiving blocking is anyway. But he was just he was just looking at Teddy. I'm like, yo, like, do something. Teddy's running downfield. I get that. Um, and so I'll say this. And I said it with the screens, and I've said it again. I, The team, Brady needs to understand. He knows what he has talent-wise. He needs to understand what he has on the line. I think that play call is okay if you have a line that can help you execute it. There's two types of QB sneaks that can be really, you know, really efficient. You see it in Tom Brady. Tom Brady, he just kind of falls into the line. He gets hit in and kind of just squeezes himself in there. You don't know where he's gone. Then you have guys like Chauncey, like Cam, who almost they're trying to throw the ball in the end zone. Like he, like because don't get me wrong, Cam would fumble the ball in the end zone so many times. Mm-hmm. But he had already crossed the plane because all he's got to do is stick his arm out there. And you're right, Teddy's not that guy. Teddy instinctively should not have put his hand out literally that early. I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, he just. He was just holding it on a platter for him. You just tell that he hasn't done this often. Like it's, no. it's not something so, he does. So we did not have the line to get the because you Tyler talked about it. We didn't get the push. And we've seen it. I don't know what they, we've done this before on fourth and one. It was like back with the McCaffrey play. You don't we don't have the push to go in up the middle. We do not have that kind of push. When they know they when the defense knows they only they can't give up a yard, they will do everything they can to not give up that yard. We do not Paratus in the middle is not going to be able to help you propel forward. And the guys we have at guards are not going to be able to help propel you forward to get that in. Teddy, what he should have done, I mean, what he could have done is just try to fall into the line like like Brady would do. Or, you know, like 
um, or like uh, I guess maybe like Philip Rivers would do or something like I'm trying to give another one. Like they would just kind of fall and like kind of sink into the line. He didn't think to do that. That might have, you might have had a different outcome. But in my mind, I don't know why more often than not we don't do like, with Rod, especially with a guy like Rodney Smith. You put, say you put Davis in at fullback, Rodney Smith in at tailback. You do a fake to Tolbert, or excuse me, not Tolbert, uh, fake to Mike Davis up the middle or arm up the middle and you pitch it out wide to Rodney. You've seen those plays time and time again. They will, because they know that's going to come up the middle. Everyone thinks that's where it's going. So you pitch it out to the side and Rodney, Rodney has the speed to break it out there and try to just walk in. You know, the only thing I'll say is that if it's fourth and go out to one and you can't get a yard, I, I'm not I'm not necessarily of the mindset that you have to do all of these things to get to get to get one yard in football. I'm not I yeah. lie. The, the max I do is go full house backfield, meaning I, I throw I, Alex Armour and Ian Thomas back then. We just we just run we just run it right up the gut. I mean it's just oh we have a virgin a QB sneaker at at, at a position. We have off of the line, it just can't. It doesn't get a push consistently. I would say this. I mean, I'm your best bet is go Mike Davis. I just, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, I mean, if it works, it works. But I'm just looking at who we have at quarterback. I'm not asking him to do that. I'm not. I won't lie. That's what I'm saying. I think. I think when you have a line like you have, that you have to get a, cre- a little bit creative with it. That was always my biggest thing with Brady. I was like, okay, Brady, because if you look at LSU and the team he had, it was more. It was the same kind of thing. They had great weapons. Offensive line was not subpar. It was just average at best. But he got creative with what he had. He knew it. So that's what I was most excited about is, okay, he understands what line we have. He's going to do creative things because that's what Norv Turner did back, you know, in 2017. He realized about how bad of a line we had and knew you have to create a lot of distance on the field. You have to get this defense spread out. So, I mean, it's not like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But, I mean, just think about the momentum that that game. It it, you could have gone 14-10 and a half instead of 21-3 to and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, do I, do I, do I think they would have won? Absolutely not. It's Carolina. But, I mean, look at what the second half was. I mean, they gave up three points in the second half, and then they put up even they, they weren't even scoring touchdowns. They were still just at least kicking field goals. I we I haven't seen us play a complete game where we didn't oh. blow it at some point. You know, no. I, that that's my only. Thing. I'm like, I it's, I know at some point it's like like it's gonna break in. Like Minnesota, I wouldn't have guessed we would have lost to Minnesota the way we did. Like no. I mean, you you go up eleven. I, you can't you can't guess that. Yeah, you uh, yeah yeah you really can't guess. You can't guess that you'll that you'll block up that, that you'll recover a muff punt and inside the ten, and you can't move the ball a yard. No, you know it's just it's just certain things you can't you can't really uh you can't really account for. It's weird. The team in itself, in certain aspects, have started. It's like they kind of play to the talent they're playing against. You see the Chiefs and the Packers. The defense played up to the talent it was playing against. The offense. For the most, it was like, but it's like if the defense is playing to the talent, it's playing the offense is not. Or if the offense is playing up to the talent, it's playing against the defense is not. It's really weird. They like, they're like a chameleon team. They go back and forth and they mismatch every week. So like, like, like with the Chiefs and the Packers. I mean, the defense. We expected these games to be blowouts, and the defense played up to where look, we're going. Like the DBs, if they're playing like when they're playing Hopkins or when they're playing, you know, Devontae Adams, they're the DBs are playing well. But then all they have on one team, and then the next week, all they have is freaking. Not not Jerry, not playing bad against Jerry Judy, not playing bad against Justin Jefferson, but these other guys that you've never heard of before that they're playing to that level on, and it's it's just really weird to see. And it's and same with the quarterbacks too. When we're playing these rushing QBs, we're blitzing, but it hurts us because then if you don't get to the quarterback, they create that pressure, they create that distance. The wide receivers are creating separations from our crappy DBs and getting the ball out. But then when we play these these locked in pocket passes, we're not sending any pressure, but they're picking us apart in these little zone games. It's it's just so. It can be so aggravating. And I, uh, Caroline Frazier, who you know used to be the Panthers social media reporter, um, and she went to South Carolina. All that, so she was now with the Colts again. Um, and she had said it. She, I saw like I still follow her on Instagram, and she was talking. She was like, "I've been following the Panthers. I haven't watched the game in a while. They haven't been a prime time in a while." And she was like, "How do y'all do this every week? They play so poorly, but they play so well. Like they seem like they should be good, and then they just crap it out." And I, I got to tell you, I don't know how we do it every week. Oh, go ahead, Al. Yeah, it's just that's the kind of situation we're in, you know. You know, a bunch of close losses. It's tough to tough to swallow. Um, and you know, with a whole new regime coming in, you kind of expected this, right? You know, the the, the chips weren't going to fall in our favor when it came down to it when it was close like that. And you know, we put a lot of it on ourselves. Um, you know, it's just I had no faith that we were going to win last night, even in the second half when we started making it close. Um, it, that was brutal to watch, even though the scoreboard. Uh, suggest otherwise it was a close game but you know that was tough to watch um it's just it's just 
going to have to get better with time. You know, the, as the coaching staff gets, you know, more experience in the NFL, as we grow as a team, our defense gets more experience. It's going to get better. But this season, uh, for me, at least, it was brutal to watch. Uh, week in and week out, you know, not a lot of actions. And then when, it, when you keep it close and lose by a couple points, you know, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I, I guess like I guess my biggest thing is that you know that's this is why I was so against you know all of the new changes because I, I I remember how tough it is to win in this league and learning how to win in this league is is a tough process and we're having to go through that again and it's hard to watch you you you, you realize you're watching a team that is growing on one side of the ball they're growing and the other side you start thinking maybe we've made some maybe we made the wrong decisions in, in certain in certain areas maybe we're not going to see the growth because maybe we. Maybe we kept the wrong guys. Maybe we picked up the wrong guys. And, it's, and you know, it's it's. I kind of feel empty. I ain't going to lie. I, 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 even as we're recording right now, I just don't know how to feel. I know I feel good about certain pieces. I feel good about Burns, Brown, Chin. I feel good about our receivers. I feel good. I I, I have, you know, faith in, in, in the other young guys that we have on the roster. But then again, I, I, I look at who's running the show. And not that I don't have faith in Matt Rule because he's done a good job of having, having this team ready to compete each and every week. But then I start looking at the front office. I start looking at Herney. Then I start looking at the, the his balls. I start looking at David Tepper. And I start and I start saying, you know, I, I haven't seen good decisions consistently from you guys to make me believe this thing. This thing. This thing is going to turn around. And if it turns around, how will this team be built? I, I mean, did we did we go about building this team the right way? I just I I, I mean, I just find myself questioning a lot of the decisions we've made the last two to three years. No, I definitely understand that. So what I want to know is because I've been kind of the same way. It's almost like it, like I'm not going in any of these games expecting to win. And I'm not going into any of these games going, you know, oh, I like or I'm not, I'm not disappointed when we lose, really. I'm kind of just like it's almost like I'm numb. So what I want to know is that is this more it's kind of like back back in 2013 or 2012, whenever we had that multi, you know, all the, or I think it was 2012, actually, where we had all those games where we lost by, you know, one possession or less like we did, you know, this year. Then I was a lot more upset because. I was a bit, a bit younger, so I didn't, you know, I wasn't as, I wasn't as drained of Panther football as I was. I knew what we could, what we could accomplish, and what we weren't doing. So, were y'all, are y'all more upset or kind of, you know, pessimistic for the future now than you were then, or were you more, you know, kind of optimistic back then and are more kind of, you know, kind of weary now as to what the season could be or the future could be for the Panthers? I'll say more optimistic back then. Because it was a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, young. Everybody's young. You know, we were young in the key spots. We were young at at, at the two positions that you that, that that you know it takes a lot of growth to be able to be good at. Uh, now, I, I, I mean, guess, I guess now is is you know we're asking a, co- a former college coach to be able to coach at this level, which is a, still a tough ask. No matter how no matter how the trend is going with who who, who who people like to hire, that's still a tough ask of anybody to do. And asking um, a 28-year-old that hasn't really – that's only played one full season in his career to all of a sudden be the franchise guy. And it, 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 I'm, I'm more pessimistic about this team now because I, I just don't know what we're doing at the key spots. Like, I mean, I like Matt Rule, but your quarterback isn't going to take you much further than, than where we're at right now unless everything is perfect around him and you – the one thing we know about this game is that it's not going to be perfect. You have to have a quarterback that can make up the difference between the talent that you have at, that you lack at other positions. So you know, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of, I'm more definitely a little bit more pessimistic nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me, uh, me, I'm more pessimistic now. Was more optimistic at the time. Um, you know, I feel like in 2012, uh, you know, it was a similar season with a lot of close losses. We had much a much more clear direction then. Right now, after this offseason, things aren't adding up with our with our offseason. We built a good culture, I think. That was a good thing with our offseason players we brought brought in, first of all. But the different signings, different moves we make didn't really all add up. And that all starts with the Teddy move. Uh, you know, we have veteran players, rookie players, and it's just not all meshing well right now. And it kind of, you know, even though we are gonna it looks like we are gonna be picking high in the draft, um, it's kind of still going to be in that, you know, mid-range tier of a team. Like, if we would have won a couple more games this year by, you know, a few chips fall the right way, uh, we would be picking middle of the draft. And we'll see how these last two weeks go. But, you know, we, we don't have a young franchise quarterback like we did in 2012. Um, you know, Rivera and Rule kind of the same, both still learning. So I'm fine. I'm fine with Rule. That's good. But, yeah, it's much more optimistic then. And kind of like Jack said, I was a younger and more not worn out of Panthers football yet. <laughs> I haven't seen uh, seen some of the years. But, yeah, you know, something that going into this offseason, we need to establish a direction and where we're going with this team next. 
So this week is an interesting matchup coming up. <laughs> Playing the on a hot streak Washington football team. We all know how Rivera does later in the year. I mean, they've won four games in a row, and they're only down a touchdown. Now Haskins did just throw a pick, but they're only down by six points. Haskins is playing? I guess I guess everyone else is injured. Haskins is in this week. I don't know if everyone else got injured in between, but he seems to have been playing the entire game um, of the short game. And they're in the in the second they're in the second half right now. But they're only down. They haven't let up a touchdown to Seattle yet. They're only down by six, and they've won their last four games in pretty surprising fashion. You know, obviously with the Steelers. Um, I mean, the Cowboys wasn't. I mean, they blew out the Cowboys. The 49ers wasn't that surprising, and the Bengals wasn't that surprising. So it's a bit, you know. It's a bit more deceptive, but I mean, they looked at some of these games against like the Lions or the Giants that they've lost. It's been by three points. Giants by one point. Their biggest loss was probably the Rams and the Ravens, and those were you know some pretty good teams to lose to for the most part. But this is really interesting to see. It'll be the first time playing Rivera since all this has gone down. And you know, we we saw obviously we saw Thomas Davis last year, and we saw how that game went last year. It's in Washington, and we've always had you know this out of out of out of division rivalry with. The Redskins. And it's always been these. I mean, for the a while, fo- the football team. Correction. Oh, did I say the Reds? Oh, I'm sorry. See now, this is, this is a, see now, this is a new team. This is a, maybe we won't have as big of a rivalry with the football team. I that's so still hard to do that. But I want to know. I mean, my outlook honestly for this week is not positive. No matter who we put at quarterback. Yeah, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm just so I'm so tapped out. I'm I'm just I'm drained. I'm exhausted. But I, I don't. I don't know how to feel about this game. I mean, I mean, if we lose, I'm not gonna lie, I'll be disappointed because you know I, I think we're more talented. But if we lose, I also won't be surprised because that's a well-coached team over there. Ron Rivera, can, what, what one thing Ron Rivera is gonna do, he's gonna have a team that plays disciplined football. He has his team playing at its maximum maximum level right now. They're they're probably the they're definitely the best team. They're they're playing the best football out of the, any team in the, in, the, in, the, in the NFC East. So, uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie, kind of. Would rather see Rivera and those guys win, honestly, just just because I'm I'm just I'm happy for what he's accomplished this year because I think for a lot of people that may have thought he was done or tapped out as a coach, I think he's again he he's proven that you know I can coach in this league and done it under very very different circumstances in his case. So I so I mean I'm definitely I'm just proud of what he's done and you know do I mean I, I mean obviously I don't I don't I know I, I never root for us to lose but I'm just kind of like I don't care I just, I'm not gonna lie. I just I just just don't care as much this week. Yeah, earlier in the season, if we thought we were a tough football team, uh, we should look at Washington, right? This is a tough football team. You know, Ron Rivera, one of the toughest guys, and he's leading that team, and they all kind of take over that mold of, you know, his character. And you see that on the field, especially with the defense. You know, he's always going to have good defenses. And when you have, you know, Ryan Kerrigan, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, um, Jerome Payne, Josh, or Jonathan Allen, Matt Ionis along the defensive line, uh, yeah, you're going to be a tough defense, and they're going to eat us up. You know, the Kendall Fuller playing good at corner. Uh, our offensive line is going to struggle. We're going to struggle to run the ball, um, and Teddy's going to have to get rid of that quick because they have one of the best pass rushers in the league. I think they have the best defensive line in the league right now, and, you know, they're playing good, and offensively, um, they just need to take care of the ball if their defense is going to play that good. So I think we're in for, you know, a rude awakening next week, and it's going to be – it's not going to be an easy game. And, you know, they – People like to joke about the NFC East, but through these weeks, Washington is really coming to their own, and they are definitely the best team in the division, and they're going to give some team a run for their money when the playoffs come around. I mean, this is a this is a hallmark Ron Rivera team. You have a dominant front seven, and you have you know a bit of a lackluster you know back four in terms of DBs, but enough to get the job done because you're getting pressure on the quarterback. And then not a whole lot of weapons on offense, but he's making do without it. He's got a run-heavy team. I think he's one of the big reasons why Gibson has made the turnaround that he has. We know the running you know, attack that Rivera likes to draw up and do whatever he's got offensive-wise. Um, and then, I mean, it's, they've got those weapons on offense that can that can hurt us if necessary. Like, it won't be – I mean, the receivers don't scare me. I mean, Terry can make, this, can make some separation. But if we – I mean, if that's all we got to cover, we're fine. We've seen how we've done against tight ends, though, especially in these red zone situations. Logan Thomas is actually could actually be a force against us. Play really good football. He's been playing really, really good football for what he what we thought coming out of him. Like I said, Gibson's made a huge turnaround. So if the running attack can't get everything together, it'll be interesting to see who he's got back at quarterback. I mean, uh, if it's Smith, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna be like, hey, don't don't hit him that hard. I don't want to hurt him. Please, like, if you need to tackle him, just tackle him easily because. I would I wouldn't want to tackle Alex Smith and risk anything like that again. If it's Dwayne, Has- if it's if it's Dwayne Haskins, then you know bombs away. 
And it'd be a, the worst thing was that if, if, if it's Kyle Allen, I think he, I don't remember. He's not, he's not, he's yeah. not, but that would be, that would be the worst thing is that if Kyle Allen came in and lit us up, you know how bad, that'd be the most Panthers thing I've ever seen in my life. Hey, I, you know, I'm, I, you know, I won't lie. And just, just, just trying to play devil's advocate. Do you think the offense is better on the Kyle Allen than it is Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, we, this is what my biggest component thing for, for, for my biggest thing with Kyle Allen was, and it was kind of what we saw at the beginning of this year. The reason Kyle Allen worked the way he did was because no one had any tape on how that team was going to play. You had no clue what kind of offense they were going to be running. And it allowed McCaffrey to thrive. It allowed, you know, DJ to thrive. It allowed these guys to do well. Then all the, then they started to think, because you remember we had that three, three, four game winning streak. And it was kind of like similar to this year. No one knew how to, no one knew what to do. And then it kind of, it came around. This year, or then as you got on, people realized all you got to do is take advantage of our crappy O-line and put pressure on Kyle Allen, and Kyle Allen's going to do what Teddy's been doing. He's going to get scared. He's going to force it. He's going to create turnovers. And, I mean, so I don't think it's better or worse, honestly. I think it's kind of honestly neck and neck. Hey, look, I won't, I won't lie. I'm just, I'm, just, just, I'm just throwing this out there. You know, mind you, Kyle didn't play the first two games. Right now they're both sit. They both, at the end of the season, I mean, at this point, Teddy's at 3,360 3, yards. Kyle Allen was at – I want to say I'm looking it up right now. He was at three thousand three hundred twenty-two. So and Kyle, Allen, and he didn't play the last two games either. Exactly. He so he missed. So he, so he didn't play. So he only played, and he was only he was featured in thirteen games. So with three less games, about the same passing yards wise. Kyle Allen throwing seventeen touchdowns to sixteen interceptions. Teddy fourteen to eight interceptions. So I mean, I mean, look. In all honesty, it's crazy to think that. I, I thought coming into the year, I'm like, okay, we have an upgraded quarterback. We're not going to have this, 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 you know, this game manager or, or whatever back there throwing the ball. And I was absolutely wrong. But you know, I'm just saying, like, you know, in all, in all honesty, I mean, the, I mean, I don't, I don't really think, you know, Kyle is not better than Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think. No. Yeah, he had McCaffrey too. Yeah. That, yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But, but, but I ratio that by saying Teddy Bridgewater has Robbie Anderson. That's true. That, that is also fair. But then. I'm, I'm just playing devil's act. You don't mind. No, no, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a fair question to ask, and I don't think we would have had by any means stuck with Kyle Allen. It's just, it's a, so I think it's the same thing kind of with Teddy. I think they, I mean, not that they found out how to, but they, I mean, I hate to keep that song your record. They, if you realize, if we don't put any attention on the one position in the field that basically, if you think about it, determines your entire offensive production, because if it's crap, you're not going to get anything going, then we're going to see, that's why we're seeing similar results year in and year out, because we keep neglecting. The, the, the problems that you have on offense. Like, it's the same issues, like you said. Yeah, and, and they find they, they what they did was they stopped neglecting one issue. They started realizing we need to get weapons. They did that way too late. They realized that way too late. And we all know that. We saw there was a list on t- on Twitter of the receivers that Cam Newton had over his tenure, and maybe two of them are still in the league right now, I think, making actual productive, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I look, here's the thing. I mean, I, if I look at the draft class, you know, aside from the first two picks, aside from those those first two picks, well, who, who was was it? Two was was it two of the second pick, or was he? A, yeah, you okay. okay, okay, okay. What's well, third was besides the first three picks. I mean, Yitzhak not hasn't really produced that much, but you know, besides you know Brown and Chen, I would have been okay with just going strictly offense after that. I thought they would have at one at some point throughout the draft. They went all defense. I mean, you know, two of those guys have hit so far. I mean, I you know. I, I, look, you you could have done. I keep looking at this team and say like they they kind of hit the reset button too early. They could have fixed and tinkered with some things and and kind of and, and made things a lot better than what they are right now. But the decision is made. They did what they did. You gotta roll with it. And we and we sit. That's, that's it's just we and we sit here where we are. It's just so. Like I said, I'll be interested to see. What this, I think the Redskins. It's so hard to not do that. <laughs> Football team. I think the game against the football team is going to be very telling. And I think it's going to be honestly like very, you know, symbolic of the whole season. If you see, you know, what Rivera and I mean, now we're not in that conference is, you know, I mean, they have, there is some competition, but it's really not that much. So, I mean, we'll say, I mean, but Rivera, he's going to the playoffs right now. He's going to the playoffs. And honestly, like, I, I hate to say it, but you know, for the Panthers ends are anything, but, you know, ridiculously either loyal or stubborn. Well, there, it's one of the and you can depends on who it is. They're either loyal about it or stubborn about it. So when it comes to guys like Rivera and TD and Greg and Cam, you can, we are ridiculously loyal, and Very. and not to the point where I'd want to see them beat our team. But if I mean, if this week they need to win to get to stay in the playoffs, 
And let's go, let's go Rivera. Let's, I mean, honestly, let's go football team. Let's go Rivera. I'd rather see Alex Smith and Ron Rivera and TD get one more shot in the playoffs. And like Tyler said, maybe actually make, you know, and make some waves in the playoffs. Then, um, then, you know, just have us win a game that's going to knock us into a, you know, a higher draft pick. Cause I don't, I don't want to really have that. It's so, it's just really interesting to see. Um, and, uh, and Tyler, you can talk a little bit about it too. Just, you know, I mean, what you kind of want to see from this game? I expect this game to be like probably, like, I say like twenty-one to ten. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go twenty-four ten. Twenty-four ten. It's um, you know, their their offense isn't gonna be explosive. Yeah, go ahead. I'll say I, I mine was a loss. Also, I didn't know if we would. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same, same here. Loss, twenty four ten loss. I think it's going to be like I said. The defense is going to, you know, dictate their defense is going to dictate the game. It's going to be tough on us to score, and when when we keep, you know, having to punt, their offense, even though it might not be that talented, they're going to have shots to score, and it's the NFL. So, um, yeah, twenty four ten is my pick. Loss. Uh, okay, so for me, I got Panthers losing sixteen to ten, close one. Defensive battle, like Tyler said, not 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 a whole lot of scoring, but one or two plays happen early in the game that probably sways us. When we don't probably we probably don't make up the ground, probably turn the ball over or don't, or don't convert on a third down or a key fourth down, and we probably lose this game. But not, you know, I I see Washington playing better football down the stretch. They execute better than we do down the stretch in big games. That's that's how you that's how you put yourself in playoff position. So that's that's pretty that's pretty much where I'm at with it. You know, I I just I just think a well coached Ron Rivera team will succeed at the end of the day yeah i kind of believe that too and so we'll just we'll have to wait and see i mean just kind of pray for better days and pray for you know it's wild that the season's already almost over in itself and we've got you know two more games at all that's a crazy thing to think about just i will say one thing i i'm glad we had it at all you know there was a lot of times the season where i thought they were going to shut it down because of everything that was going on um I think the panthers i don't know we didn't even talk about the COVID stuff with the panthers i don't know what the heck happened there but that was not that was not a good look for us and not a good look for the, you know, younger coaches. So I don't know if rule has full control over a lot of that team or not. That might be something that we need to kind of look into as the weeks go on. I don't know if he's got, you know, uh, I mean, cause if that, if that happened under Rivera, huh, huh, if that happened under Rivera, their, their heads would roll. Oh, there, yeah. would have been, there, there would have been hell to pay if that happened under Rivera. Yes. Um, so that, that's a little bit interesting. We'll see kind of how that plays out and just how the rest of the season plays out in general. Um, but you know, you know, we're still going to be here regardless of whether what, what what the season does or not, what we do or not. And we want to hear more from y'all. Like we said, if you want to be featured on the podcast in any you know sort of capacity, please DM us just a little bit about why you're a Panthers fan, maybe a picture of yourself in Panthers gear or Panthers at a game, so we can maybe post it on Instagram as well. Um, and then ask us questions. We love you know the conversation in the comments. If there's things that y'all want us to talk about that you think we did in one week, if there's questions, y'all have your comments and you know you know a defense or Teddy or Rule or Brady or any of that. Let us hear it. We, I mean, we're just fans like y'all, and we want to know what y'all want to hear. Um, and we're gonna, you know, especially want to hear more than that as we go into the off season, because you know, the well, there might, there might, there probably won't be as much to talk about this off season as there was last off season, because that was, everyone knows what a roller coaster ride that was. But until then, y'all, we're gonna be here. We're gonna be keep bringing the content to you. We've got some stuff coming your way as well in terms of maybe some giveaways, maybe some merch stuff like that. Obviously, we saw we've got the merch coming out right now. You, you, so, see, you see, you see the brand. So, so we're going to keep it up. And uh, so make sure to be out on the lookout for that. But until next time, everybody, keep pounding.